Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. So last week we were really up. Now I feel like we're going to be really down because we just ate like a heavy carb-filled lunch. So we'll see yeah. how our energy levels I actually go. feel a little... I feel, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I did eat some sugar at the end, mm. a very dense brownie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and it's Friday. I'm feeling yeah. good about that. Yeah. It's actually Friday. We're actually you know, Friday. We're doing some things. Um, are you fangirling over anything? Um, yes. Oh. And it tell. kind of goes with what we've been doing. Okay. 80s dance movies. Great. I have discovered a playlist someone put together on Spotify. It is. 80s movie songs, like soundtracks, and the year 1990, for some reason, that's in parentheses. Okay. It is over 26 hours long, and I don't feel like it missed anything. Really? And I have a feeling it's going to be my most listened to playlist of 2020. Yeah, you're going to need to send that to me. That feels like a good Friday pick-me-up kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Bless that person. Yeah. The work. The work is really, and it's like, where do you think they started? Was it like a yeah. slow, was 26 this, hours was this, is crazy. Uh, like a determination, was it a project, or was it over time? Yeah, passion project. Yeah, because, I mean, I have a Halloween playlist that's over 13 hours, but right. I would just throw songs here and there. Right. But this feels like full soundtrack, so someone's just going for it, copy-paste. Yeah, it's a real ham yeah. situation. Are there garbage things on there that you're like, so much garbage. Yeah, yeah. You're like I don't care. But so many jams, including the one that's always in my head from Girls Just Want to Have Fun. So it's a great playlist. Great, love that. Very on on theme. Yeah. With, what about you? This. So I started watching Breeders. So very into this FX on Hulu the next day situation. Finally, FX, totally. FX really, other than sports, is the only reason I still have cable. Like truthfully, basically. Yeah. Same. And uh, it is by far my favorite network. And I saw the billboard for Breeders, which is maybe they don't have these in other cities, but it's the dad with the son on his shoulders or the daughter on his shoulders, and she has peed on him, and so there is pee all down his back. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, I am adding this show to my list. Knew nothing (laughs) about it. Uh, And I started watching it. It's British, and it is very real. Um, It's sort of about the paradigm about how you can, like, insanely love your children and insanely want to murder them, like, all in the same moment. It's great. I really liked it. I'm two. There's only been two episodes so far. It's a little aggressive. Like, there's a lot of F-bombs, which... Great. Sure. But I don't know if, like, FX on Hulu has, like, the unedited version. I don't feel like you can swear that much even on FX normally. Yeah, Just depends on what it not. airs. I don't know how the FCC gets in the mix here. But very funny. Very accurate. You know I love a British comedy. I was, I was all about it. And then... Better Things is coming back. I did, speaking of Better Things, mm-hmm. I texted you. I'm caught up on This Is Us now. And Great. Pamela Adlon is now going to be a recurring character on This Is Us. And for most of the first episode in which she premieres, you do not see her. Yes, you, you hear only her. her. And the second you saw her, I started to cry. And what? I was like, do what? I didn't know I loved Pamela Adlon that much. But so beware if you ever see her in the wild. Oh. A mess. Turn away. All I'm going to want to talk to her about is her art. That's it. I'll just be like, can we talk about your like art Like in collection? her home? In her home, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which is basically all of the art that's featured in Better Things. So FX coming back strong. I'm pumped. Got, getting some new things in my watch list. That's exciting. I know. It is fun when you're like, ooh, new show. I love I feel like I'm a bit 
in a rut, a mm. TV rut. But at the same time, I have all of my watching, my TV movie watching time has been put towards dance films. Yes, we've been watching a lot of dance films. Uh, so we watched this week Breakin' and Breakin' 2. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo, yes. Now, I said last week that I thought I had seen the majority of Breakin'. I was wrong. There <laughs> yeah. are parts that I have seen, but I had definitely not seen the full I movie. definitely did not know the plot to either Breakin's. Oh, I did not know the, the, the plot to break into at all. And I had a great time watching these movies. It was quick. It was like a real mm-hmm. quick, easy breezy situation. Just so, like the turnaround from the first movie to the second. Both released in the same year. Unbelievable. Has that ever happened in the history of time? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I think it's probably the only one. So let's start with breaking. A struggling young jazz dancer meets up with two break dancers. Together, they become the sensation of street crowds. Can I just say, I was I took a little note here and there throughout the movie, and my first one just says, breaking is cool. <laughs> it was. It was very, very cool. So this comes out in 1984. And also, I love movies like this is very L.A. Yes. And L.A. in the 80s was like a very particular time. They spend a yes. decent amount at at Venice Beach and like there's just a lot yeah, going on. 80s Venice what a time well so th- I never want to really live it no but it was a time really quickly though when I was watching this movie and then break into at some point I had the thought that it was like oh this is kind of like cheesy or I've seen this but then I had the thought that hip-hop culture has become so pervasive and it's just like mm-hmm. a part of culture that we see kind of all of these things but in 1984 this was wild like yes. no one was seeing anything it, like this like this is where it started and so now it's kind of hard to go back retrospectively and be like I don't understand how groundbreaking this was because no one else in America was yeah, seeing things it like It was becoming a huge thing because there was another movie I was debating putting against Break-In, which mm-hmm. is another breakdancing movie called Beat Street. Right. And they came out like six weeks apart. Yeah. Basically. So you got Break-In, Beat Street, and Break-In 2 all in 1984. Hip-hop. Going wild. Break, breakdancing. And Ice-T is in both movies. Yes. Um, which is which always... I think he's a little bit embarrassed by... He is. He has uh, described his performance as whack. Uh, <laughs> I read that. It's true. Also very weird, though, to see Ice-T, like, as Ice-T and not on, like, Special Victims Unit. You know what I mean? Where you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. This, but what a career. What a wild time for Ice-T. Um, this movie, so it comes out May 4th, 1984. It outgrossed 16 Candles, which I remember we talked about when we talked about Molly Ringwald. That's what incredible. A weekend. What yeah, a premiere weekend. Great. If you were like 18 to 25 in 1984, you're having you're a time. Yeah, you're the target audience. It's basically mm-hmm. like 1999 teen movies. Yes, pretty much. Um, yeah, this movie made $38.7 million, which is pretty good, I would say, for this movie. Yeah. I think it had like a million dollar budget or something like that. So the film's setting, it, it's inspired by a documentary that had come out the year before. Brilliantly titled Breaking and Entering. Wow. Great. And it's German. Sure. <laughs> um, but so it was set at Radiotron, which was a real place, um, based in MacArthur Park. So MacArthur Park, the not a great neighborhood. Like, it's it's now sort of like in transition, MacArthur Park. It's being um, gentrified right now. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yes. It, it, 
you know, and I, my Los Angeles history isn't like as good as it could be, but you know, during this time, probably not the best neighborhood, which you get a lot of in break in two where the whole break in two is basically like covertly racist. Like everyone's talking like those people a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm, is it just, which is weird because the first one is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. So it was a little, it was a little strange. Um, but a lot of the people who are featured in the documentary, including Turbo, Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. And Ice-T. Yes. Just literally moved from the documentary into the movie. That's, I want to watch the documentary. I wish I we had had more time. Yeah. Because there's also, so Canon Films. Ah, yes. This film group mm-hmm. we've somehow missed out on yes. in our lives. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary just behind their like production company, I guess. Sure. And you know, you get a lot of insights from the people in Breakin, as well as some other wild movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to watch them. When this now we just like go in a documentary, uh, assault. Yes. But so, do, should we talk about who who's in the movie? Um, our main character here, Kelly, with a wild mom haircut. It's like not quite a mullet, but also not not. Yeah, you get ozone and you get turbo. Together, they are TKO. Which was great. Yeah. Well, Kelly gets a cool nickname right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Special, Special K. K. Mm-hmm. What would your street dance name be? Boring M. I don't know. Like I did have time to think about it, and I will be Nitro. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was because in my mind, Maybe. I am dancing with Turbo and Ozone, so yeah. I want to have like a cool name to go with them. Yeah. Maybe Maven if we're like have an M situation, mm, kind of like, I like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but so Turbo and Ozone are real people <laughs> um, <laughs> and they are so it's um, I think it's is it Alfredo or Adolfo I don't know um, uh-huh. but they and then Michael Chambers they were pioneers of like popping and locking street culture they're real people and they're sort of like the founding fathers of this dance style and then are you know featured in this movie as sort of yeah. fake but real yeah characters. and then we get Kelly who's played by Lucinda Dickey mm-hmm. and so in the movie, they kind of treat her as an outsider. Yeah. Then they become friends. Very much the story on set as well. Yes. They kind of treated her a little shitty. But, you know, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's got to work together here. Yeah. This movie, though, is very sort of like half real, half not. So yeah. the room where you see Ozone and Turbo basically like live. It's a shack. It's a garage. I'm unclear as to, like, what's happening, but it's actually where they lived. Yeah. These people seem inseparable. Like, they worked together. Yeah, I thought they they were brothers for about half of the movie, but I think they're just friends. It's unclear. Yeah. Kelly, on the other hand, she's this jazz dancer Mm -hmm. who had a creepy-ass teacher who wants to, like, caress her all the time. Didn't like it. Then she gets an agent Mm -hmm. who is Shooter McGavin. Which was great. Yes. The whole time were you like, is Shooter McGavin a creep? Well, this is what I'm saying. Uh, Someone's jealous because Kelly's like always with these guys because you get the creepy teacher and then this agent. But she's always linking arms and holding hands and kissing. And I thought they were dating for a while. The agent? Shooter McGavin? Me too. But I couldn't tell if he yes. was a skis or not, and he wasn't. He wasn't. He no. genuinely wanted to help, yeah. which was crazy. It, <laughs> Fun fact, um, Shooter McGavin, his real name is Christopher McDonald, sure, lame, right. uh, was in Greece too. 
Lucinda Dickey, also in Grease 2, as just a backup dancer. So in my mind, I put together this fan fiction that they met on the set of Grease 2, uh-huh. dated, and then did this movie together. Maybe. Turns out, that is not the case. Oh, no. Christopher McDonald was dating Gina Davis during this time for, like, three years. What? Yes. Is this, like, pre or post Jeff Goldblum? Pre. Oh. Interesting. Very interesting. Huh. I like your fan faction better, though. Who also knew that so many roads led back to Greece, too? I know. <laughs> what? I mean, I would have um, never guessed. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting this movie might have had a very open gay character. Yeah. As their... Their friend? Their friend. Who she calls Cupcake. Yes. Which then I'm also like, is, is that mean? Offensive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute. What? I don't know. He just feels, like, very confident in mm-hmm. himself. No. It was a good character. It was a great character. Um, the music in this movie is great, but at a certain point, I felt like a lot of things sounded the same. Did yes. Did you get that sense? Like, anything they were actually dancing to, I was like, is this a different song? Or, like, what's happening here? It's just a lot of, like, beats, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Obviously, a lot of stuff from Ice-T. But then there's Ain't Nobody by yeah. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, which is a jam. Yeah. And... Related, uh, but in the music video for Shaka Khan's remake of the Prince song, I Feel For You, mm-hmm. you get Shabadoo, mm-hmm. Boogaloo Shrimp, Poppin' Taco, Poppin' Pete, DJ Chris, The Glove, Taylor, and Lollipop. They were all in this music video. Oh, that's fun. And most of them were in Breakin. Huh. Connections all over the place. All over the place. Shaka Khan really, like, ahead of her time. You know what I mean? Like, featuring all these people. 1979. Yeah. I mean, imagine it was probably like a scout found them all at on Venice Beach dancing. Probably. Yeah. A um, lot of beach dancing going on in this <laughs> Speaking movie. of. So there was a point where, you know, I think everyone who's like ever seen anyone break dance, you're very familiar with the like broken down cardboard box, right? Mm-hmm. But they appeared to be dancing on like linoleum. Like it was like someone had like. Which seems painful yeah and a little sticky sticky is that kind of the vibe you got it was like they had this huge scrap but there was like a design on it so i just wanted to know like who's roaming around with the loose linoleum for them to Mm -hmm. dance on yeah and of course you get classic dance battles i mean obviously i did text you halfway through this movie or my watching of them and i was like i have learned about myself i don't care for a dance battle it i get uncomfortable i like one per movie (laughs) i don't need a lot of them yeah and every i feel just about every movie we watch for this series has multiple yeah and these ones were particularly like faux violent you know what i mean like i felt like they were like actually going i don't want to skip ahead to break in two but they have a dance battle in break in two where it is so choreographed not in like a stunt way in like a i'm gonna punch to the left and you're gonna move to the right like it was a dance yeah it was not a battle right it was supposed to be like a fist fight i don't know yeah the other so half of the time in this movie I was, like, very attracted to Ozone. And then the other half of this movie, I was, like, horrified might, by him. It might be the crop tops and the jackets. Well, and then I ha- I could hear you in my head going, like, when did male crop tops go away? Like, we've talked about this before. And then they also all, like, stud them. Like, they all have crop tops that have, like, those metal studs mm-hmm. on them. And I wanted to know if the looks were very punk. 
Yes. They were cool. Like British punk too. Yeah. Very that was, 80s. It was very fluid. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't really tell the style or who was who and what was what, which is kind of cool. I mean, it, fe- it very much felt like they were like defining a moment and yes. kind of like taking the best of all these different things and like making it their own. But yeah, then the other half of the time I was like horrified yeah. by him. Um, also, there was a person breakdancing with crutches mm-hmm. and I do not know if he was actually handicapped or not but I was blown away either way I think the answer is yes yeah because he was using them and then just got down on his head yeah. and hands and it was cool how badly did this movie make you want a Nike track suit one of those like swishy ones because they were um, wearing those a lot too not too much oh I really, really, um, I really but I would them. wear that Immediately, if someone gave me one. So ultimately what happens in this movie, Kelly, Special K, joins Ozone and Turbo, and they form this little dance troupe, and they're trying to, like, be legitimate. They're working with the agent. Yep. There's a great montage that is the three of them practicing, and then it would cut to Shooter McGavin just on the phone. Yes. And then smoking. Yeah, back to dancing, smoking on the phone. Yeah. Like, he's working so hard. He's trying to, like, get them all these auditions <laughs> at every everyone he talks to. They're, like, not here for it. They want classically trained people, but... Somehow he, like, tries to find a way to get them into this, like, acclaimed dance competition. And they're like, they don't want to see you in your streetwear, blah, blah, blah. So they decide to go in tuxedos. The classic move. Classic move. And then they immediately rip them up, mm-hmm. make them cool, them and dance. Who's next? Ozone. Street dancer. What I did not understand is obviously the judges loved their performance mm-hmm. and they win whatever the competition maybe audition sure. is yeah. but they cater and change the show for them completely the show ends up being called street jazz <laughs> which is, is awful so so bad uh-huh. but i mean that wasn't the, what they yeah, were looking for yeah that wasn't what they were looking for they changed everything yeah for because TKO. the competing dance troupe who is led by the skeevy guy who caresses kelly were all in like dance cowboy wear they were like jazz cowboys so i was like so that was the original I think show jazz cowboy jazz cowboy and then we go to street jazz yeah just uh, being a jazz dancer in general feels like a tough profession <laughs> in the <laughs> 80s or anytime yeah um, but who knows my other question about this movie was are kelly and ozone like knocking boots behind the scenes because you never they, like, like each other. They definitely like each other. But you don't see anything. We don't get anything from it. It's unclear. Yeah. I think they like each other, but they're trying to be respectful because Turbo is not really down for that. Yeah. He just wants to dance, and he hardly wants to be friends with Kelly. Yeah, but he comes around to her. He comes around and breaking two. Do, do you want one of those TKO jackets, though? Yeah. Because that thing was great. I want anything that involves a matching jacket. Like, like, that's like, how I'll get in a cult. I'll be like, you can get this cool satin jacket with your name on it. I'm like, fine. I'll do it. 100% that's how you join a cult. Ooh, you guys, your jackets are cute. Yeah, sure. That's how Scientology should be attracting people is through matching jackets. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, imagine how cool. many people would join Scientology as a joke to get the jacket. So many. And then get roped in and then or stuck. can't escape or get murdered or whatever. Whatever happens to you. Whatever happens. Yeah. Uh, you're 100% right. Wow. Um, maybe we just, that's what we need to get. We need to get 
Fangirl Friday satin jackets. Yes. Why do we not have them yet? Okay. Break in two is completely different. I was really excited for Break in Two mm-hmm. because obviously Electric Boogaloo has taken on a life of its own. Yes, I told I just told you it yes. has become what's called a, a snow clone. So now I got down a rabbit hole of what a snow clone is and it has become this thing that's like a like journalistic laziness where something is like X is the new Y or like Blah is the new black is like an example of a snow clone. Uh, but Electric Boogaloo has become a snow clone because people will be right. like, you know, whatever movie to Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yeah. Um, I just, because it's more talked about and mentioned, I thought this one's going to be even better. I had so much fun watching Break In. Mm-hmm. I think I was wrong. I was, I fast forwarded through a decent amount wow. of this movie. Betrayal. In like 10 second increments because I was like, do, do, do. okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. You're still dancing in the street. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, got like, it. <laughs> this, the movie starts out and we learn that Kelly is rich. Rich, rich as hell. Rich as super hell. Like in a like huge ass mansion. Millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions. None of this comes up ever in Break It. She's driving like a busted, like, Yes. VW bug convertible. So Break-In comes out in May 1984. Break-In 2 comes out in December. Unbelievable. 1984. At some point in their relationship, they started to do their own things, and Kelly might have revealed that she's rich. Who knows? Uh, unsure. But she is incredibly wealthy. And essentially the plot of this movie is a developer tries to bulldoze a community recreation center. The local break dancers try to stop. I never would have guessed the plot either. I thought they were going to go to the, another city or like yeah. move, do a tour. I don't yeah. know. Do or they something. break up. They don't like each yeah. other anymore or something. No, no. They end up like battling each other. That's, yes. That would have been a good movie. Right. Kelly has like been doing professional dancing. Ozone, Jazz. Yes. Ozone and Turbo are kind of like hanging out, but they're working and sort of teaching breakdancing at this community center called Miracles, which is great. Like, looks super cool. I was like, where is this place? It's, I want to know It looks like is. a courthouse that mm-hmm. a bunch of elementary school kids painted. Yeah, but like in a really good way. It's like way. in highlighter colors. Yeah, there was like an ombre column yes. <laughs> that I was into. Yeah, so because of Break-In's success, like immediately a sequel was greenlit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This movie was released through TriStar, though. Mm, legitimate. Yeah, not MGM. Okay. Or Canon. Mm-hmm. Only made $15.1 million. Did not do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, like, the general public was burned out on yes, breakdancing Yes, because you also got Beat Street in June. Yeah, it's, like, too much. You're like, all right, calm down. Like, or maybe a lot of people just thought, this came out so quickly, there's no way it's good. Fair. Like, did they even spend time on it? Very fair. Which is questionable. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, this movie also inspired by real life events. Great. So the Radiotron, a youth center near MacArthur Park, mm-hmm. faced demolition. Oh. Youth director Carmelo Alvarez rallied the youth and community to march to L.A. City Hall and save it. Great. Oh, this place is a real place in Boyle Heights. Yes. It's called Casa del Mexicano. Oh. I'm not sure. Should we go on a break-in tour? A break-in tour? I would love it. <laughs> I, actually, a lot of break-in two is Boyle Heights. Oh, so yeah. So we could just do a Boyle Heights sure. tour. Um, again, a lot of, you know, there's some iced tea on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He makes an appearance again. Um, you get a lot of Ollie and Jerry on the soundtrack, which is also featured on the soundtrack of Break-In. Sure. 
the title track Electric Boogaloo did reach number 45 on the R&B charts. Oh, sure. Not not a top 10, but... It's not a jam. It's really not. It just kind of... I don't even really think I realized it was a song. I thought it was more of like, you know, sort of a an instrumental. Like there's like mm-hmm. the occasional like Electric Boogaloo, but you don't... I, I mean, know. that's a dancing track. Yeah, sure. Fine. That's all you need. Right. I, dare I say, possibly too much dancing yeah. in the sequel. Too much. They went really hard. Right off the bat, they're, like, at their community center. Neighborhood kids are dancing everywhere, which I actually really liked. It mm-hmm. was like a kid's talent show. Sure. Yeah. A lot of children. Actually, the film almost got in trouble because neighborhood kids were just allowed to be in the movie which is not okay right Mm -hmm. um choreographed fighting like i said dancing on the rooftop at one point ozone brings it with a dramatic solo yeah they're a pivotal moment yeah unnecessary production value though you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like the whole like dancing upside down like you know because i was i want to talk about that the yeah like there's a moment turbo has a full dance scene where he's like he's like dreaming Kind of. Kind of. But then he ends up kiss- a girl comes in and they kiss. Yeah. I don't know. But I felt it in my bones <laughs> that they were trying to do like a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. Uh-huh. Which that movie comes out 1984 as well. Oh. So in Nightmare on Elm Street, Tina, the blonde girl, dies in this crazy way and they develop this in- rotating room, which was actually both of these things were inspired by Fred Astaire and yes. Royal Wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the room, like, everything's nailed down, and the cameraman was latched into an airplane seat attached to the wall. Whoa. And then the room is rotating while, like, a lot of men are, like, rotating the room. Yeah. So Tina, the girl who plays Tina, never leaves the floor, uh-huh. essentially. So for Breaking 2, they just borrowed this room. Really? Yes, this exact room. And then they just, like, redid it? Yeah. On the inside? Supposedly, I cannot confirm, there is a Freddy glove somewhere on the wall when oh. he, when Turbo was dancing. So I was watching the girl, like, because, you know, obviously you know that either they're rotating or it's like a trick of the camera. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to tell from her what was going on. What was going on. on. And she's, like, a terrible actress, so she's kind of just, yeah. like, standing there. And she's not dancing either. She no. just enters the room and watches him. But at yes. that point, I think he's on his way back down. Yeah. It's a little confusing. This girl, by the way, in the movie is intended to be Spanish-speaking only, but Turbo falls for her and is like, she's in love with him, he's in love with her. They're seemingly, what, like 15? I don't know how old they are. I can't tell. And also Kelly could be 18 or 45. I don't know. Very unclear. And this uh, this Spanish-speaking girl, she gets dubbed over. In the worst way possible. Like, you can barely hear her, and it's very confusing what she's saying, like, the whole movie. And I was just like, what? And she's beautiful, like, stunning girl. But I was like, this is the weirdest part of this movie. It's not, though, because then Turbo falls down a giant set of stairs, Mm -hmm. goes to the hospital, and then there's a hospital dance fantasy sequence Mm -hmm. where nurses and doctors are breaking and popping and locking. (laughs) Nurses are like... Hot and dancing. Yeah. I thought this movie went off the rails a little bit. This movie definitely goes off the rails. So Kelly tries to, like, get her dad, who's filthy rich, as we've seen, to help Miracles, and she introduces him to Turbo and Ozone, and that does not go well because, like, her family's low-key racist. I don't know. It's, like, very everything, as I mentioned, was, like, those people. Yes. And meanwhile, Kelly and Ozone are kind of in a real, like... There is a scene where I, 
the dad comes in and Kelly and Ozone are like sitting on the floor eating pizza. Ozone doesn't have a shirt on. Kelly's wearing like what kind of could be pajamas. The dad comes in and Ozone like zips up his pants. That's weird. I don't know if Why it was because like they what? were banging and we didn't see it again. We never see any banging. Yeah, they were just eating pizza. They kiss like once in the they, whole movie. But they kiss immediately and Ozone supposedly has a girlfriend who is not down with this. But he does not talk to her the rest of the movie. There's no definition of their relationship at all. She hates Kelly. She Kelly arrives with all these pizzas for the children. She knocks all those pizzas down. Think of the children. Yeah, they just wanted pizza. They just wanted pizza. They didn't know it was coming. What a nice surprise. No. Ultimately, though, they have to raise $200,000 to try and save miracles. That's a lot. In 1984 money, that is an insane amount of money. In 2020 money, that's a lot of money. But do they do it? You know they do. They do. At the end, there's a crazy celebration, day glow. We go from, like, darker punk to Mm -hmm. full day glow in the same year. Yeah. The trends have changed. The trends have changed. But there, like, there's a bunch of final performances. At one point, a tiny Michael Jackson comes out. Mm -hmm. Then it cuts to people wearing Pepsi hats. Now, you may or may not remember, 1984 is the year Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire yeah. for the Pepsi commercial. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this was, like, a joke. I was going to say, are they, like, making Casual fun product of placement? I don't know, but it happens. Interesting. All in all, though, Breaking 2 just doesn't have the, like, authenticity of Breaking. I don't yeah. know what it, it is. It had a mime. There's a mime. Who I think is in the first one. T- no, I no, don't know. I don't think so. It's very... It just feels overproduced and, like, with not as much fun. Yeah. Although there's more dancing. So you – I was trying to think about it. Like, I feel like Kelly had, like, 27 lines in the whole movie. Like, there's not a ton of dialogue. It's a lot of dancing. It's a lot of dancing. It's a lot of dancing. You don't know really – I mean, obviously you're rooting to save the building, but Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're rooting for outside of that. Right. Like, do you want Kelly and Ozone to get together? I don't know. I don't don't really care. But, yeah, I was like – I don't know. All in all, though. A great time, though. Three hours for both of these movies total. Knock it out. Yeah. Particularly break-in. It's like, oh, this was a cultural icon, and people still reference it, and it is such a cult classic. Like, Mm -hmm. there are 100% people who this is their diehard favorite movie. Yeah, and I don't blame them. No, it's fun. Yeah. It's very, very fun. So on on, like, a dance scale, what would you give? Break in and break in two. Fives? I feel like they're both, both fives. I think obviously break in does a better job at balancing the dance moments, yeah. whereas break in two goes very hard. Yes. But even though there are too many, they're still pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're obviously very similar. They're direct sequels. So yeah. it's like same characters, like dancing, et cetera. One has like the differences. One, you have a competition, mm-hmm. one, you're trying to save something. Like, yeah. You get the brighter colors of the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the production value is a little higher in that one, too. But it didn't help. No. You know what I mean? It's like, no. no. If anything, it hurt the film. Yeah. What were your general thoughts on Ozone's, like, like uh, raccoon tail? It was cool, I thought. Well, did you like it when it was, like, in his hair? Mm, I could take it or leave it. I didn't mind it when it was, like, on his belt. But when yeah. it was in his hair, I was like, ooh. I just thought his looks overall were always the best. Oh, yeah. Very original. I, I want to dress like Ozone. 
Yeah, he had a lot of pins. So mm-hmm. I felt like had a lot of pins. Good. Had a really cool hat that flipped up sometimes. Yes. Oh yeah, you hardcore love this like movie because it's all black and red. Like yes. those are like your jams. Yes. I had that thought halfway through, and I was like, Natalie's got to be living for this. <laughs> Did you like her Kelly's look in street jazz when it was a full onesie leotard, but the back was like see through on the legs? Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was, was cool. I'd never seen also, anything like it. Break in two though. Kelly goes a little harder with her looks. Like, at one point, she was wearing this cool lime green bra top with a black button-up tied around it. That Mm -hmm. was really cool. She's got some good looks. All in all, though, Breaking 2 just wasn't, didn't have as much I know. The big takeaway is the title. Exactly. It is amazing that, like, that's what we sort of remember, and it's become its own sort of, like, cultural thing. But the movie, not as good. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Kinda. And it's almost like if they had waited one more year, would it have been better? Like, you know, when we were talking about like Home Alone and Home Alone 2, right? It's Mm -hmm. like those movies feel like they come out very quickly, but it's actually two years apart. And so do you have a little bit more time to make it solid? I don't know. It's just I feel like if this had been made with a longer gap in between, we wouldn't get the same characters. I don't think those actors would return. Gotcha. So it was uh, like a, hey, do this thing. And also, you don't know if you're going to be successful yet, so do this other thing. Yeah, you're like locking down. Not that all of these people are super successful. Right. um, But I just feel like they aren't the best of friends either. No. And maybe they would just be interested in doing something else. Right. Um, Yeah. I don't think it would have worked. And maybe, because Kelly, maybe it was the haircut, she did look um, kind of old. Yes. So maybe she would have looked too old to do this movie because I think they're teens. Again. (laughs) Again, I don't know. It's very hard to understand how people, how old people were in the 80s and 90s Mm because I feel like everyone looks way older than normal. Like when, and again, like when you look at 90210, like they were all 30 playing 15. So you're like, wait. Not all of them. Not all of them, but they were all older. And so it's kind of like, uh, what? What's my expectation of yeah. what a teenager is? Yeah, it's confusing. Right. Or even if you look at, like, Stalker Channing in Greece, like, you're like, oh, you're supposed yeah. to be 17? What? No. Yeah. I'm very interested in Kelly Lucinda Dickey's career. Yeah. She's only been in a few other movies. One of them I'm definitely going to watch maybe this weekend. It's called Cheerleading Camp, and it's uh. a slasher movie. The cover art, this is like a good blockbuster situation. Yeah. It's a cheerleader with a skeleton face. Ooh. And it says, give me a K, give me an I, give me an L, give me an L. You're like, like yeah. sold. <laughs> sold. I will be watching this. She, Lucinda Dickey, though, married a man who, and they got married in like 1990, I think, went on to be one of the original producers of Survivor. Smart. She's doing fine. Like, they're, Lucinda's doing fine. Yeah. I do want to watch that Canon Films documentary, though, because I want to hear everyone talk about their experience. On Breakin'? Yeah, I think it, at least parts of it are on YouTube. Um, I feel better about myself that I now, like, understand this cultural phenomenon, or at least have, like, participated in it. There is a lot of interesting um, homage to Fred Astaire. Mm-hmm. Like, even when Turbo's doing, like, the dancing with the broom. Like, Oh, I forgot. I loved the broom dancing. Yeah, Would love a witch to do it. Oh, yeah, great. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't associate, like, breakdancing doing an homage 
to Fred Astaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, this is cool. That's where I felt like they're sort of like taking the best of all these like different, you know, sort of cultural impacts or mm-hmm. like, you know, people that made an impact and making it their own. Which yeah. I was like, hmm, Meanwhile, that. the girl who does jazz doesn't do anything like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. She just like spins a lot. I don't know. Jazz dancing is a weird thing. I mean, I was in jazz for a few years. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what jazz is. Thank you. The whole time I was like, am I supposed to know what this means? It's like a mixture of a lot of things. Yeah, because there felt like a little bit of ballet, a little bit of hip-hop, yeah. a little bit of whatever. It's like modern, like, yeah. but still cheesy. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But it seems like that's what, when we when you think back to staying alive, was that like a that jazz? That was probably jazz. Yeah, like a jazz I mean, all that jazz. But that seems more like I would consider something like that to be Broadway style, not just jazz. Yeah. If you know what jazz dancing means, please send us an email. And we're not talking about jazz hands. No. Yeah. I'm very confused. But I also want to know, I want to hear if this is someone's favorite movie because I get it. If, if Break-In 2 is your favorite movie, I don't no. get it. I would own Break-In, like, for sure. I oh, would yeah. watch this movie many times. Yeah, it's super fun. Like, it's kind of silly, but, like, just refreshing in mm-hmm. a way because it feels, like, very real. It almost feels like it could be, like, a student film. Cause, like, <laughs> it's an independent. It's like an independent movie. Um, but, yeah, I want to hear what people have to say about Break-In, Break-In 2. Yeah. So send us an email. Find us on social. All of the things. Reach out. Yeah. That's all we want. That's it. That's it. That's all we want. So until next week. Bye. Bye.